Ever wonder why we relate and connect to the stories around us? Welcome to the DNA Podcast, a show where we discuss books, movies, and entertainment that help us understand who we really are. I'm Annabella. And I'm Dakota. Let's dive into our DNA. I feel like you took mad notes. Well, a lot of the times when I take notes while I'm watching something, it's just to remember the characters with the actors, like the names. Oh. That's like, well, that's mostly what I have. Because like, I'm like, oh, Jude Law's character. And I really don't know their fucking name. Oh, oh, there was one thing I wanted to Google. Keep uh, you. <gasps> yes. I wonder if we Google the same thing because I already have something up that I wanted to look Ew, up. Ew, I'll throw up on you. Don't do that. <laughs> anyway, welcome to another episode of the DNA Podcast. It is great to have you here. We actually were just talking about our Spotify wrapped and like some of our stats and stuff. So as always, just want to say thank you guys for listening because it's just been really cool to be able to create this little fun passion project and hear us just kind of, you know, ramble, scream, cry, laugh. And uh, literally yep. people all over the world are listening, which is insane. So wherever like, you are. Truly insane. Thank you. Yes. Thank you so much. Um, It's been a minute. The last episode we did... Dakota did not enjoy. I didn't. But I will give you this. I do think whenever I talk to people about House of Usher, yes. I really give you a lot of credit because you kind of tying it back to all those different stories made me look at it in a different lens. Uh-huh. Didn't absolutely hate it, just really didn't enjoy it. And yeah. that's okay. 100%. I can separate it and be like, cool, I watched it, not for me. Respect the the weaving the hustle. in. The hustle. I respect the hustle. <laughs> Um, but it's time for me to to just say goodbye to this forever. That's just how I feel about that series. Not the best work by Flanagan. Mm. Yeah, just but know. we forgive him and we forget. Yeah, and honestly, I have come to realize I'm in the minority of a lot of this. People love this series, which is fine. So like, I don't need to be with you know. I'm against the grain. Yeah, man. Which I'm usually not. I'm usually Let your freak flag fly. <laughs> <laughs> I still think that like you always have the best like one-liners or just like catchphrases <laughs> like that's one that i've never heard <laughs> and then when we first started the podcast and you said woo woo shit yes did not know what that meant no fucking way you no. are from woo wooville i know which is the most ironic part of it all but <sighs> no i literally like never heard of that my entire life anyway spooky season is over we kind of closed that out with house of usher yes we did and it's officially Christmas and holiday season. Mm -hmm. So last year, what did we do? Last year, we did National Lampoon's Family Vacation. Yeah. One of the fucking funniest. <laughs> Christmas Vacation. One of the funniest and wildest Christmas movies you could ever imagine. Um, and just like the epitome of chaos yeah. and family dynamics and a just. A true comedy of its time. Yes. A true comedy of its time that yeah. I think we both agreed would not have flown no in this day and age no and way anyway, but we let fucking house of usher fly so let that make sense to you okay it's a sign of the times anyway to quote the great harry styles it, yes so we are doing another kind of christmas movie you could call it a holiday movie holiday movie um what are we talking about today you're giving it away lady i know well <laughs> you're gonna find out <laughs> um we are talking about the holiday movie the holiday is about two women one played by Cameron Diaz from America, and one played by Kate Winslet from Britain, who swap homes at Christmas time after bad breakups with their boyfriends. Each woman finds romance with a local man, Jude Law and Jack Black. <laughs> but, Which we'll get into. <laughs> yeah, we'll get into that. 
But they realize that the imminent return home may end the relationships. Yes. This is a movie from 2006. It's kind of listed as like a romantic comedy. Not a lot of like comedic. I mean, there's some comedic parts, but like it's, a, it's kind of a drama. Yeah. It, it feels like it's a drama with like comedic relief. It, just here yeah and, and it really feels like a classic 2000s movie 100 you know what i mean where it's like it's got a little bit of everything yes. to scratch whatever itch you got 100 percent. yeah yes so i don't know if you've seen this movie before you kind of sound like you remembered it while watching it i think i've genuinely like my dad has watched it mm-hmm. and i've seen like yeah. two scenes but oh, okay. that's it so i really didn't know like yeah the rest of it yeah so the only reason i knew of this movie was that opening monologue and part of it continues on later in the movie I had to take an acting class at film school to get my degree. And part of that was we had to pick and memorize a monologue. And so I did that. I did the opening one. And why did you do? Was there any reason why? It had to be a certain length. It had to be like a couple minutes. Oh, and so I literally Googled like sub whatever criteria was minute monologue. I remember you actually practicing. Yeah. And it was the holiday. But the thing is actually that was interesting. It's, It's like the first monologue that you hear. And then the monologue I did finished when Kate Winslet is talking to Jack Black on the couch. Oh, uh, okay. So uh, I was thinking, I was like, that's kind of a weird space for it to end. I don't remember it ending that way. And then she sort of started talking about whatever at the time with Jack Black. Yes. And I was like, oh, yes, I remember this now. Yes, okay. I remember it ending and saying these words. So that's the only, like, real thing that I knew about the holiday. And I didn't even, like, I didn't watch it when I was doing that monologue because I was, like, okay. I should probably, like, try to do this on my own and not, like, copy yeah, whatever yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, 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 How she did it. Yeah, so yeah. that's literally, that's that's all I knew about it. Yeah. I have never watched it. Okay. So. Well, I will say, off the bat, I really liked it. And I think it was really cool how many different characters and, like, really so good actors and actresses people. that were in this. I was like, whoa, there's so-and-so. Wow, yeah. like, it was a constant just like i felt like cameo central there was um, a lot of cameos so yeah many. literally like, Lindsay lohan and james franco in the beginning but like for five seconds like literally oh it was good God. yeah no i i really liked it i um john krasinski what's well, one oh, yes. scene but and still. then oh, the woman's name who's in like she's in stepbrother she's like <sighs> she's in bad moms too yeah she's in so many things she has her own show too yeah. mrs fletcher i think it's oh, called oh yes I never watched that, but her uh, Catherine Hahn. Yes, she is fucking. She's hilarious. so good. She's in it for a couple, you know, quick scenes. But yeah, I I really like this movie too. Um, I I feel like this genre of movie I've always really liked, probably because like early two thousands, like yeah. it's just a little nostalgic. But I like movies that have like a little bit of everything. Yes, you know what I mean. Like I tend to go more towards dramas because I'm like, oh, they're so deep and you can just learn a lot and blah blah blah. But like, it had drama, had comedy, had a little bit of romance, had it did a little bit of <laughs> action uh, in the previous action. <laughs> it was creative. The yeah. soundtrack, like it had yeah. a little bit of everything for everybody, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. Well, I feel like it starts off pretty hot and heavy it starts off kind of giving you a one scener on each of the three featured couples within this movie Mm -hmm. and so um the two main characters amanda and iris amanda's la based she is a movie trailer creator her story starts off by you find out she just been cheated on by her boyfriend right yeah they're not fiance but they live together Mm -hmm. in this Um, huge house in this huge house and she found out that he slept with his secretary yeah finally admits it and she's like throwing shoes at him and kicking him out the house and and whatever. And he goes, well, it's not like, you know, I'm sweating bolts over here and you're not even crying. Turns out she hasn't cried since she was like literally 15. 15. And she's like, I don't care. Leave. Mm-hmm. 
flip-flop to the next couple characters, it shows Kate Winslet's character, Iris. Um, she's a writer for the Daily Telegraph in London, and she basically has been in love with the same man for three years who yeah. also cheated on her. Um, has just let her on, though. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Because, like, they were never really, like... I think they tried to date and didn't work out, and then he essentially just wanted to never let her go because right. he's disgusting. And she's always been an asset to him, at least in the writing game, because she's yeah, obviously she, really good at her job. And she proofreads all of his stuff and helps Fixes him with it. this. And so she, any tie that, like, she has to him, she, like, runs back to because she just loves him. Oh, and man. he doesn't seem to really give a shit about her, even though he claims he does. And it, it's really a good example of toxic manipulative relationships mm. where as long as there is a need for you i will keep you around yeah the second there's no need for you or no use for you i don't need you yeah and she's just fallen victim to that because yeah. she's constantly falling for the traps of i need you and she's like okay look okay he loves me and then he's like okay thanks bye oh but he needs me again like She's falling for it. She's not yeah. seeing the cycle, and yeah. it's really unhealthy. Yeah, and at, at our human core, I think everybody always wants to feel wanted and wants mm -hmm. to feel needed and feel like they can be an asset or mm -hmm. helpful in somebody's life. But like you said, it gets to that point where it's like, how many times are you going to go through this ringer before right. you realize you're just being used? Right, right, Like, right. have some self-respect. Like, wake up. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah. And so the opposite to Cameron Diaz's character, this girl, Iris, cries all the time. Literally is crying at the Christmas party. 24-7. She's like, I loved him for three years. And she's like, why are you crying right now? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, get over it. Yes. They're all talking in, like, British accents. They're like, have you shagged him recently? And she's like, yeah, but but after I found out he's been shagging other women, I stopped shagging him. And it was just like, shag, shag. And, but she's, like, crying while saying it. And it's like, don't tell them I'm crying. It's like, it's just my cigarette. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. It was so funny. It was so funny. The last couple um, is also met by one of the people that helps work with Amanda. It's a score artist for you know all her movie trailers and movies and it's somebody that was working with the character amanda um, and her boyfriend though he like they, they were in the same field apparently oh yeah that's yeah, what yeah. he said he's like oh ethan i think was the guy's her boyfriend's name yes it was like her working with her boyfriend because he was a film writer yeah she was the trailer maker and yeah. this guy the composer of the music had his own like small small love line here where you can tell he was just like kind of a romantic and like yeah, he makes yeah. all these like beautiful sound scores for all these films and like Jack Black's character who's dating an actress and she's just this total like kind of a bitch of a woman like don't be bothered with me like ugh. and you can tell he like so wants her and like yeah she's like it's not like teeny bopper but she's just very much like she's like one of those cool girls where she's like I'm, I'm too good for you I'm skinny and I'm just gonna like walk around the town and it's like everything's great and yeah she's like get, on her flip phone the whole like, time everything I get it's great and it's like yeah. you're okay you're not that cool mm, no you're not no but I think I think it was one of those relationships where it's probably definitely for for her benefit because if you think about it, he's the film score writer. She wants she's a up and coming wannabe actress yeah. who he's working for a film writer. Yeah. Like so, she's probably just trying to land gigs out of this relationship. Yeah. 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 So that's the other relationship we see. Right. And so essentially, the breakups happen. So Amanda's character, we see the breakup, right? And so she's kind of had it, and she's like, "I'm done. I need to get away. I'm going to go on a holiday. Convenient." Yeah. And then it flashes forward to Iris's character who um, she's sitting there crying at the Christmas party because she's obviously fronted with the, her ex-lover that she's still in love with. 
And, you know, the job is making a huge announcement that they're going to let her cover. They have the inside scoop on this article that they want her to write because she's one of the best. Yeah. And um, it ends up being an announcement of an engagement. And the engagement is of her ex-lover to some woman. And she is broken. Yeah, because she's like, oh, my God, five minutes ago, you were just talking with me in my office saying about that- how you want to go fuck with the car. Yeah, <laughs> literally. literally. Yeah. Made no indication that he's like seeing and or, you know, going to you know engage with somebody get married to somebody so she's still clinging on to some ounce of hope so you know the christmas party ends where she just kind of busts out of there she goes home and she's having a sob fest yeah um whereas Cameron diaz is doing the opposite she's like not crying she's tried to cry and there's yeah. literally a whole almost like Montage, scene yeah. yeah of her trying to make herself cry and it's just not happening and she's yeah. just like fuck it all right i'm gonna go on vacation yeah. so she starts googling vacations None other than Miss Iris's house does she stumble upon. In a home exchange program. Yeah, which, let's chat about that. Because... Yeah, it's a little bit of a strange concept. Yeah. Because basically, what it is, is you and whatever this person, uh, you swap houses and cars and everything. Yeah. So, like, you just trade lives for however like, long. That's your vacation. Yeah. So you get, like, a really kind of local experience like yeah, you know what yeah. i mean like you just you get to live somebody else's house and use their stuff and play pretend for <laughs> which okay so like first off I, I found it really hilarious because like it felt like she was granted i know this is 2006 but True. it did very much so feel like she was shopping on craigslist <laughs> yeah it did seem a little sketchy <laughs> in the first house that she like literally checks in on it's like this broken yeah, down yeah so it looks like a crack house crack house yeah and, and she's then like she's, oh delicious right yeah and so she's like uh next mm -hmm. and then so she finally stumbles on, uh, upon uh irises and it's this cute little quaint cottage very much so a getaway 40 minutes outside of london so yeah. it's like close to hustle and bustle but far enough out like she's like perfect and so she pings um iris basically and says hey is your home open for renting and iris in response it she's actually in the middle of having a nervous breakdown and like low-key trying to kill herself <laughs> like I mean, it's not funny but it's, it's the way that she does it because she like does it in a really dumb way yeah and then she's like what am i doing this is stupid and like goes and opens the window because she tries to like put her gas stove on and inhale it like that's yeah. gonna knock her out or something. yeah no not, she's just it was not thinking it was very dumb so essentially mid this whole thing happening she's hysterically crying she hears the ping yeah. from from amanda in the u.s runs over to the computer and she's like uh actually no my house is not available for just like rental yeah it's, it's a home exchange only and she's like ah what's a home exchange so and that's how it happens and yeah. then she's like so um how's like when can we do this and granted this is around the holiday season it's like right around christmas yeah and she's like, how's tomorrow sound? And they're like, okay. So like one. Not feasible. How the fuck do you do that? But yeah. to be fair, she has a lot of money. Amanda's character, I would yeah, say. Yeah, she has sure. a lot of money. She's a, you know. The owner of trailer. the film trailer company. Yeah. yeah. So she's rolling in it. I'm not quite sure how it worked for Iris, but. She, she's living in a cottage. <laughs> yeah, she's living in a little cottage. I mean, she's a writer, so she's, she's probably successful. Yeah. And so before you know it, they are off and they just make this impulse decision and they're like, oh my God, this is so great. And it's kind of like fun seeing them experience the complete polar opposites yeah. of their ways of life because they are polar opposites. Even when they're flying, Amanda's in like first class. Yes. And then Iris is in just like economy, like, oh my God, okay. Ee. And even... <laughs> While she is taking off, she's like so ready to like start over. It's that same pattern of 
who pops up jasper that guy yes oh jasper for reference is the ex that cheated on her yes Yes. and so it's not really her boss right it's just a colleague right it's a colleague yeah they just work together yeah so her colleague texts her like how am i going to be able to reach you i'm gonna need you i'm gonna need you i know you're going through a lot and she just says like i have to stop being in love with you and you need to let me try to do that yeah and like calls it it and then you're like oh yes girl you did it not no, because no. he comes back quite a few times throughout this movie. And oh, she's yeah. like, oh, my God. No, yeah. And she keeps taking the comebacks as if she's winning. Yeah. But it's not. She's just not realizing that she's still the second. Yeah. You know? So they arrive at each other's places. They're, like, both happier than pigs and shit. <laughs> what? I don't know why. It's just a funny <laughs> way to say. Both happier than pigs and shit. And <laughs> <laughs> I guess the story kind of really unfolds first. For Amanda's character, yeah, she it's her first night in the UK in her little cottage, and she's like, "Oh my god, I have to light a fire to stay warm," and like yeah. it's like so old fashioned feeling, and and it's one o'clock in the morning. She's obviously jet lagged. She ain't falling asleep. Yeah, she's just wide awake. And lo and behold, she gets a knock, bang at the door, and you're like, "What the fuck?" And it's literally Iris's brother, who apparently Jude cons- Law. Yes, and they open the door, and goddamn, is it fucking handsome, Mister? What's his name? Graham. Graham. He's got kind of like this nightly routine of kind of getting drunk at the pub that's like walking distance from the cottage and um, kind of ending up at his sister's doorstep and he crashes on the couch. And so Cameron Diaz obviously lets him in because he knows where stuff in the house too is. So it's kind of not like, oh, I let some creepy dude in. Like it really does seem like it's his, her brother. Yeah. Not for nothing. He's really attractive. So like I'd let him in. Yeah. I'd let him in too. Even if yeah. he was like, I don't know who you are or what this house is, but I need warmth. And I'd be like, okay. Okay. <laughs> oh, let, me, let me fix your cup of tea. Yeah, let me, let me just make the bed. <laughs> yeah. So they're literally sitting there next to each other and she's acting like, oh, no, look at me. I just woke up. But lo and behold, she literally says, like, should we have sex? <laughs> yeah, she's so direct. She was very direct about it. And she's like, listen, this is a perfect opportunity. I just got dumped. Yeah. Like, I'm leaving this country. I will never see your ass again. You just stumbled up into my house. Let's fucking bang. And she's like, like I'm also planning on leaving tomorrow because I hate it here. Yeah. So you'll never see me again. Like no strings attached. Yeah. Okay, great. This is a transactional. That's it. And then he starts, Graham starts to be like, well, wait a minute. Like, when did you get here? And she's like, oh, I just got here like six hours ago. He's like, okay. Um, that's not a long, <laughs> that's not a long time to figure it out. And he's like, well, like what's going on? Like whatever. Like he's a little more like curious yeah about it yeah i felt like they did have good on-screen chemistry they well compared to the other couple we're about to get into yeah. absolutely way more believable yes yeah, they yes, were really yes. good well all right so the the story progresses obviously they bang that night they wake up in the morning and it's this awkward exchange of like hey so like uh we're not this isn't like we're we're good right and yeah. she's like no please like leave like i'm good i'm gonna leave i'm gonna get on my flight like we're chilling and instead of him just being like, oh, okay, cool. Like he offers her like a, well, if you do decide to stay, like I'll be at the pub tonight. Mm-hmm. So like, if you want to come, come. If not, no pressure. Like this was an awesome night. And she was like, yeah. listen, I promise I'm not going to fall in love with you. My feelings are not hurt. You could just go. She's like, like, she I actually was, don't have feelings. So yeah. yeah, she was really cold about it. And then lo and behold, there's a phone call coming in and it says the name Sophia and she sees it and he's like, <sighs> She's like, okay, cool. He's got side hose. He's got bitches. So he takes the call and, you know, whatever. So she's just like, we're good here. I had my night. I'm happy. I'm going to get on my flight, go back to fucking, you know, the States. We're good. She's at the airport. She's getting her luggage checked out. And she's like, what am I doing? Like, why can't I just fucking disconnect and try? Yeah. And so 
She tries. Yep, and she comes back, and they hit it off. Yeah. They get to know each other really well. Mm-hmm. And they start to talk about, like, their lives and their situations. She kind of opens up a little bit more, saying, you know, my parents got divorced when I was 15, and I never saw it coming, and I cried myself to sleep so much that I, I haven't really cried since then. And he's like, oh, I literally cry all the time. <laughs> he's like, I'm actually such an emotional wreck that I can't hold it in half the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. But then we flip to the character Iris that's chilling in the L.A. mansion of Amanda. Mm-hmm. And she stumbles upon some interesting characters herself. So she's having the time of her life because she lived in this little quaint cottage. Yeah. Transition to this gorgeous fucking L.A. mansion with a pool mm-hmm. and a gate to let you in. It was really cool. Yeah. Um, And so she sees like this quaint little old man constantly always crossing the road by her house. And so she's kind of curious. She's like, oh, I feel bad, but you know, whatever. And then she also stumbles upon the music composer played by Jack Black and starts to notice like they they meet each other. And there's like, you know, that initial like spark when you meet somebody like you just like you're like, oh, that might be something like we have a lot of the same interests. And they hit it off because Jack Black's character was coming to the house um, to deliver something for, you know, the previous ex-boyfriend. And she was like, hey, listen, so weird, but I'm staying here now. Yeah, so... <laughs> Amanda's in my house in the UK. Yeah. But they, like, had, like, a quick conversation about music, and you could just tell they had very similar, like, interests and, like, yeah. tastes on things. But nothing ever happens of it because, you know, Jack Black's character, Miles, has that, you know, actress girlfriend sitting in the backseat, and it's just like... Yeah, that little teeny bopper girl. Yeah, and you're just like, oh, okay, nothing's gonna happen there. All right. On to the next. Well... As she's continuing to stay at this house, the one day she's like, fuck it, I'm going to take the car and go for a drive. She goes for a drive and she sees the old man that, like, is really appearing lost. Like in the middle of the road, yeah. Yeah. And so she she offers him the ride home and she takes him home, you know, gets him in the house, gets him settled. Only to find that he's an Oscar winning screenwriter. Yeah, he's got awards and he's got papers all over this desk. Yeah. Yeah. Like truly like the epitome of an old time Hollywood screenwriter. Yeah. And mind you, he's probably in his 80s. Yeah, he's old. Like he's old. Yeah, yeah. And so she starts to develop this like relationship with him because she's learning so much about him and the industry and like what it means to be characters in your own life, which I Mm. thought was really cool. One of the things that she said to him when opening up to him, she said, I've been in love with the same guy for three years and I'm wasting all this time. She's like, I know I'm wasting all this time and blah, blah, blah. She's kind of going off about it. Yeah. And he kind of so bluntly says, like, stop being the best friend when you need to be the leading lady in this movie. Yeah. And she's like, there's he was like, there's only two types of women in the movie. There's the best friend and the leading lady. Yeah. Stop acting like the best friend. And she was like, yeah. And she's like, I've been in therapy for three years and she's never put it like that. I'm like, girl, I'll see a new therapist. <laughs> but also it's literally though. Good point. They form this really genuine friendship and something and this this old man's name is Arthur, but like there's just something about this character. I I don't know, I got a soft spot for little old old men. Me too. They are so cute and I just I wanna just give him a little hug. They're so sweet. He just kind of like takes her under her his wing a little bit. She hosts like a Hanukkah night and like it's all <laughs> yeah. these old Jewish men coming over. They're like that all used having, to be in the film industry. Yeah, yeah. they have like <laughs> they have like Menashevitz and stuff like that. They have like all this like stuff. And actually Miles, Jack Black's character, stops by and joins them and they end up like bonding a little bit. And it's kind of funny because First impressions alone, like, I don't think Jack Black and Kate Winslet's characters have 
any fucking chemistry whatsoever. Yeah. And it's like, it's so funny because I love Jack Black. Mm-hmm. Like, School of Rock's probably one of my favorite movies. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he's been in so many other classic comedies that, like, he is a character and he just yes. embodies any character that he plays. So, seeing him in a serious role is, was kind of interesting because you're like, okay, is this going to be like a Jim Carrey situation, like with Eternal Sunshine, where it's yeah. like, yeah. we've seen you in a comedic light and now you're playing something pretty serious. And I think Jim <laughs> no. Carrey killed it. Oh, Jim Carrey could do anything under the sun. Jack Black, not so much. No. I did not like him as this at all. I can't get past his fucking face, No, dude. I know. We kept making these... He's one of the... Okay, this is going to sound kind of mean, because I do love Jack Black. Yeah. But he reminds me and gives off the vibe in this movie of, like, that kid in, like, middle school that's like, where's my hug? Or, like, yeah. <gasps> yes? You where, just gave me the ick. It's, that's what I'm saying. It's like, he's a little icky, and he's, like, goofy and nerdy, where it's like, as a friend, he's probably fine, but when you... Go over that boundary of like, hey, well, where's my hug? It's like, I don't want to fucking hug you. You're weird. I've never felt such a chord struck in me by somebody making an analogy than that. That's that's the vibe I got, though, was yeah. the where's my hug guy. Which is <sighs> weird because I love Jack Black. And like when he plays that kind of character, which yeah. I feel bad because maybe he is kind of pigeonholed in a way. Yeah. But when he plays those kinds of characters, he kills it's not, it. It's not working for me. Yeah, but when he plays, yeah, yeah, him playing the serious character, not working. Well, it was funny because they kept trying to like have this. Listen, all right, it's advertised as a rom com, right? Cool, yeah, we got yeah. that. But we've got the rom. Right? Yep, we right? got the rom. He's the only aspect of the com. Yeah, because there's really it's pretty much drama. Yeah, the rest of the way through. Yeah, there's like two or three scenes where he actually gets to be his funny self, and you're like, there, there it is. is. Finally. Literally them in a blockbuster. He's like making all these funny like songs and stuff, and I'm like, okay, there's Jack Black. There's like, Jack Black. I get it, and it's like. Him, like, trying to be serious and, like, talking where he's like, wow, you look really great today. It's like that one awkward friend that is in the friend zone that you want yes. to, like, leave you alone says, yes. like, you look beautiful. And you're like, thank you so much. I just threw up my mouth. Yeah. Like, it's just awkward. And it just, yeah. it sucks because, like, I do think his character is supposed to be goofy. He's supposed yeah. to be a little dorky. I mean, he composes music. So, like, you know, it's a little nerdy. Yeah. But, yeah, a little, not not a good fit with Jack no. Black. No, no, not no. Not a no. good fit. But who, who do you think would be good? As a replacement, as a replacement for that character. Replacement. Something who's a little goofy, can be pretty serious. Honestly, John Krasinski. Yeah, he would have fucking murdered it. Yeah, but you know why? The Office had already started. Two thousand five was The Office. Two thousand six was this movie. So he was probably unable to be away for a whole film shooting. He could probably do the small cameo he did, but nothing greater. Did you just know that? Like that trivia? No. You looked it up. Yes. Thank God. Because I was like, I, I that was a little. I was like, why Why wouldn't John Krasinski? He'd be fucking perfect. Yeah, he actually, he really would have. Yeah. Because he's already in the limelight currently because The Office did get picked up right after season one. Yeah. Which was only like, what, six episodes? I yeah, think that, season it one was, was short. It was short. Yeah. yeah. But he he just got into the limelight for being a romantic character. So it would have been yeah. a, like a break point for him. Yeah. He would have been perfect between that like goofy romance, but like he'll say something that's like, you look really beautiful today. And you're like, oh my God. And you're like, I mean, you know. Yeah. So missed the mark on that one. But anyway. Yeah. So. It wasn't his time. Fine. It wasn't not his time. his time. Also, I just want to say something. What? Amanda, the Cameron Diaz character. She is a fucking Capricorn, without a doubt. Because <laughs> when she's talking with Graham she on their first date, no, I literally, I, my note is Cameron Diaz is a Capricorn, without a doubt. Her character, because when they're on, like, so they, like, hook up a couple times. Yes. And he's like, let's actually, like, go on a real date. Like, I want to get to know you. And she's like, okay. She treats it like a job interview. Yes. Which is, like, yes. no offense. Like, I probably would do that, too. Yeah. So, looping back, basically... 
him and Diaz's characters on this date with the brother Graham and they hit it off. Yes, it they like chat successful. all day. Yes. But, you know, it the the date comes to an end and she has this moment of like, what what are we doing? Like, yeah. I can't I'm sit leaving. here yeah. and like continue to develop feelings for you when I'm leaving in eight days and y'all are staying here. So she has this whole moment, whatever, whatever. And then she's sitting at the house in the cottage and she's like, what the fuck? What the fuck is wrong with me? Why can't I ever just dive in? Yeah. This is something new and it's scaring me. And that's why I'm not diving in. Yeah, she needs to go for it. Yeah. She just goes to his house. Which also, does she, how does she know where he lives? She had it written on a piece of paper. I'm wondering if she found it just like in Iris's house or something. Mm, maybe. Yeah, like, you know? Could be. So she shows up at his house and like he opens the door and it's like doing one of those like trying to hide what's behind me type thing. Yeah. And you, you first think you're like, wow, this guy moves on quick because yeah, oh, he's yeah. got a girl or over. Or like he's a fucking womanizer. Yeah. Because we had two phone calls where it was like Sophie and Olivia calling uh-huh. and she's like, Haha, here's your phone. Yeah. yeah. And another woman. Yeah. But she's also trying not to take any offense or think about because it. Because she's what, like, well, they're not in a relationship. Right. Like but we're just having a fling. Like, which is like, uh, I feel like it's more severe nowadays, but I definitely like back when I was dating, I hated that like, so what are we phase of dating yeah because it's like you don't like you're trying to play it cool and just like go with the flow but at the end of the day like mm, i would say most women i can't say for men but like in my experience like you know what you want and like most women would like to say like oh i want a relationship like i want to build something i don't want to put all this time and energy into something and then have it be like fucking nothing right or they know themselves well enough to be like I actually don't, like, have the capacity for a relationship right now. I just kind of want to hook up. It just reminded me of that, like, really awkward phase where it's, like, you're trying to play cool because you're, like, I'm a cool girl. I don't... Yeah, I don't get jealous. I'm just on vibes. And then you're, like, okay, but, like, w- what are we doing? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Tell me. So, yeah. yeah I, th- I feel like she was riding that that wave a little bit of, like, I'm trying to play it cool because, like, I'm leaving. Yeah. And this is crazy. But also, I got to stop holding myself back. Right. Which is what she does a lot. And I think this whole trip was supposed to be freeing for her. And what is more freeing than having a relationship out of the one that she just had, which was totally like basically nonverbal, non-intimate, non-anything. They were basically just roommates. Roommates. Oh my God, they were roommates. Yeah. And so like to have this experience with a whole totally new person that she can know and confirm will be no strings attached because they're about to leave separate countries. Yep. You know? So she finally sees what he's hiding behind the door and it's two daughters two little girls (laughs) yeah whose names are awkwardly enough sophia and olivia who were not the women calling what she thought it was his daughters calling him but here's the the little thing that i think we both had a problem with if it's coming up on color id do these like little children have cell phones (laughs) it's 2006 unless it's like no way they had cell phones absolutely not because everybody's a home line yeah, but it's, it would come up as, like... The home line. Graham something. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So there's a little bit of a... Yeah, that part didn't make so much sense. Plot, plot Unless it was, there. like, a page. Like, oh, you're could getting page. Could have been like pager. See. Yeah, yeah. I don't Do know. kids know how to use a pager? And also, who was watching the kid? Okay, so part of the reason <laughs> they go in... Okay, I'm sorry. I'm jumping ahead. She goes in. She meets his kids. And she's like, oh, my God. So, like, are you married? Because you need to tell me right now. And he's like, nah, I'm widowed. So in two years. So like yeah, it's pretty fresh. recent. Yeah. And these girls are very open. Like they're like, oh my God, come see our tent. Come. Did you bring toys with us? Blah, blah, blah. And oh, yeah, I'm like, like, let's play. I was like, wow, you guys really. But I do see the other side of it where definitely little kids. And I, cause I've had friends of mine that like didn't have one parent or the other. They crave the opposite sex like, really? with them in raising. Yeah. Like yeah. it was really difficult. Like I had one friend growing up who she had two moms. 
they were just, you know, lesbian couple that decided to adopt a girl and they adopted her, but she felt this weirdness of never having a father and a dad and a male figure. And so like the one mom would always adopt that. Right. But it's not the same. Yeah. It it can be the same, but it's not really the same. Mm -hmm. And I think it's especially difficult when it's a father having to play the mother specifically because you crave that female warmth that like whatever yeah. so i do get it but these two little girls were definitely like craving they're like oh my god another like, female yeah like wild and so they just like let her into the house and they're like yeah me and our dad are the three musketeers which i lost my shit i know you cried like a little baby because like on the date cameron diaz is opening up about her um, her parents because she was an only child the parents got divorced and it broke her right yeah and so she used to call herself with her parents the three musketeers and so for then this father of these two beautiful little girls for them to have that same relationship it almost like it like healed a part of her that like yeah had been broken for so long about the the parents divorce yeah and then that's when i lost my shit because i was like it was meant to be mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah so she leaves the date and she's and she leaves his house and it was just like this moment of like this is complicated yeah, now. Yeah, now this is even crazier. But, like, I don't care. Like, she almost, I think, fell in love with him at that moment, even though she won't admit it. But, like, the scene and the feel of it, you're yeah. just like, she's in this now. Mm-hmm. Fast forward to then Iris chilling back in the USA. She's helping the old little man, Arthur. She found a letter in Arthur's uh, mail that was from the Writers Guild Association, right? Yeah. Who's trying to do an event to honor him. And he's like... Yeah, it's like an evening with Arthur or whatever. Yeah. And and he's like, what an embarrassment. Like, only two people are going to show up. Like, why would we do this? Blah, 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 blah. And she's like, no. Yeah. You got to come. Let's go. And let's do this. Mm-hmm. She makes a promise to him that, you know, she'll be his date. She'll get him exercising so he doesn't have to use his walker. Yeah. And like, they'll make it a night and whatever. So he finally agrees. And so then there's, like, this moment of, like, progression and, like, all this effort she's putting in with Arthur is paying off. And, you know, she's healing herself while Arthur's physically healing his body. (laughs) Yeah. It's, like, wonderful. And then we get a little nickety knock on the door. It's fucking Jasper. Mm -hmm. He flew all the way to fucking L.A. Wild. And to be fair, he did contact her while she was there saying, like, I need you. I need you to read my my pages. I just it needs the iris like touch to it or whatever. And she was like, okay, whatever. And so she was supposed to read his pages, and she never really got around to it because she actually was like living really? for herself for once, yeah, and actually finding that self confidence and yeah. like you know getting some security back in her life. Yeah. And so literally, like you said, on this big night, he shows up, and she's like, fuck, and she falls right back into it, and and she's like going through this cycle, and like kind of snuggled up on the couch and he's like like talking about all these plans they're gonna have together and it's like oh we'll go to venice we'll go to and she's like well logistically like how'd that work yeah like are did you break off your engagement and he's like silent he like says something weird but either way he oh 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 i remember this because this is i'm sorry this gets me heated he said can't you just understand the confusion that i'm feeling at this time you fucking dickhead go fuck literally jump off a cliff I will push you. I will shove you as well. You have two (laughs) females shoving you off a damn cliff. So she literally looks him dead in the eyes and goes, and she just pulls away in disgust because she, in that moment, I think it really clicked for her. She was like, I've fallen for it again. Yeah. And it was like holding up a mirror in front of it being, cause that's like, he's the one who's creating all the confusion and gaslighting her to be like, I'm feeling really confused right now. Why can't you just give me what I want? Meanwhile, you are the problem, my guy. And also, I mean, she's also the problem. She's allowing it to happen, but he's the one who's making it all confusing. 
Right, right, right. Because no offense, what is that gesture? You just flew across another country just to see this person? Yeah. That means... That's a you, big deal. That's a big fucking deal. While you're already engaged to somebody else. That is wrong. That's emotional so wrong. cheating in itself. Oh, right so there. wrong. Yes. But the, 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 the principle for her, I in this moment, I would have been like, okay, he just made a very big gesture. Yeah. He just flew. He has to have broken it off. He's not. Why he would he? Yeah. Ha- right. This like, so for her, the, the, in that moment, the fall back in, I'm like, okay. Something drastic has happened. So right. therefore you must have done something pretty serious to it's do that. Warranted. Correct. Right. And you're like, yeah. okay. And then for him to say, no, it's just like, what? So she finally has this moment. She like hops off the couch and she yells at him and she finally lets it out. She's like, no, it's over. Whatever this fucking toxic ass relationship is, I'm done. You can't treat. Like she just, she finally she lays, lays it in. Out. Yeah. And she kicks him out the door. Yep. And what I think was really important to highlight. And I think the message behind her character arc is, you know, there's going to be people in your life that test your own personal boundaries. Mm. And Jasper is that person. Oh, yeah. He the people knew, will take and take. Right. And there are there are signs of, of people moving on. Right. And it's that lack of response. And so he is just that key character that can come up in your life. That is a true energy vampire. Yeah. They suck and suck and suck, but they never give anything back. And when only time they do give back is when you finally have realized, oh my God, he's just taking all my energy, my time, my love, my effort. Mm-hmm. And you start pulling away. That's when they do the manipulation. Yeah. Of, they get like the white knuckles, like cling on harder. Yeah. Draw you back and they in. say, well, I do love you. And you're like, oh, okay, I'm not crazy. Like it just, it's a mind game. It's fucked. And it's literally the definition of manipulation. Yeah. Super toxic. Yeah. He is that character and mm-hmm. it makes you hate him this whole movie. Yep. And the reason why he showed up is because she, he literally just didn't hear from her for the, from the pages. Yeah, because he wasn't. She wasn't giving him that validation and intention that she is normally so quick to do. You know, with yeah. the, like, oh, you, you said you were going to read my pages. You hadn't gotten around to it. I haven't gotten, been able to get in touch with you. It's like, yeah, I'm fucking busy living my yeah, life. I'm living my life, and and for him, he's like, uh oh, I'm losing her. I gotta go reel her back in, and that's what this moment was. Piece of shit. So for her, it was like finally she let go and like kicked him out the door. She gets dressed and she goes to the Arthur's, a night with yeah. Arthur. And at this same exact time, we saw earlier Jack Black's character, it was revealed that that shitty actress woman <laughs> that he was kind of with was cheating on him, was cheating on him. And their character arc was so quick and really hardly developed. So you didn't really have any emotions with these no, people. Not it was just kind of like happening. And you're like, okay. Yeah. Like, like, like we were we talking about coming. during the movie, we're like, I kind of just really care about Kate Winslet's character. Like yeah. Jack Black is just not. He's just like, meh. Yeah. He's yeah. there. And you're you're so like overly invested in Cameron Diaz's can character yeah, Amanda, they, yeah. That like the rest of everybody just kind of falls to the back, yeah. And so, I think it's because they did have such good chemistry, so you're like you want them, you're like, rooting yeah, for them, you're rooting, yeah, yeah. Especially because yeah. like of their dynamic and their stories too, of like you know how loss and tragic things can bring people together. You know what I mean? Totally. When you go through hardships, and I was even writing down that like it's kind of interesting how when you're in like the monotonous drone of like every single day is the same and like you find yourself constantly in the same position the only way to get out of it is to like do something pretty drastic which is to change it and it's a scary jump to make but when you make it amazing things happen it's just actually getting you know buying that plane (laughs) ticket going to that fucking house exchange you know like it's just actually doing it yeah totally totally because otherwise you're gonna be like iris and just constantly in this loop of this endless cycle of bullshit until you actually like realize and decide to make a change. Yeah. 
And I think it is like, it's so shitty to look back and know that you've wasted so much time yeah. on nothingness. Yeah. It's a really shitty feeling. So yeah. the fact that she eventually at least came around to it was, was like, goddamn, finally, lady. Like, you can't waste any more time. Mm-hmm. But, um... So, yeah, so I'm sorry, Jack Black's character has that whole issue with his girlfriend where he sees her cheating on him. And at the same night, he gets a call from her saying, she's like, I messed up. Oh, my God, please come talk to me. The trap again. Yeah. And so he goes to talk to her. This is the night of the Arthur premiere. And um, he ends up showing up because at first you kind of get the vibe that you're like, oh, he's going to just blow off this whole night. And he ends up showing up and he sits down next to Iris and is like, yeah, so sorry. I just, I'm glad I made it. You know, it was just a really long talk that I had with her and stuff. And she's like, oh, okay, whatever. And he's like, yeah, I just, it's done. Like, I'm done with it. And she's like, oh my God, same. <laughs> yeah, so it was finally a moment. Like, they kissed. It was like really not even that romantic. No, it was really strange. They, I, like, I, it's so funny. I don't want to shit on Jack Black because I do love Jack Black. It's just not a good not role. Not in a romance. No, yeah. it was so weird. I can't look at him and not see Nacho Libre. I just no, I'm yeah. say it. I just can't. I can't. Tenacious D, like yeah, yeah, yeah. School of Rock, like all the movies that you know Jack Black in, he plays this like very eccentric, quirky, goofy character. Yeah. And so it's so hard to see him because I think that's naturally who he is. Like, actually, So though. it's like how to, you know, and it's no knock to him as an actor. I just don't no. think it's a good fit. No, it's not. Right. It's not a good fit. Like, I'm not trying to see. You actually think about it. Like, you know, Orlando Bloom. Yeah. He pretty much play, like Pirates of the Caribbean, Lord of the Rings. Right. He plays like fantasy, serious characters. You have a niche. You stick to it. You haven't seen him in like a comedy. No. Like I'm a slapstick not, comedy. To. Like there's certain things. Sometimes you just, you know, you're lame. You know your lane. And you that's where you're good at. And he tried but he tried to, something different. This was before his lane, I feel like, was discovered. This is true. And you know, props for trying. You props. put yourself out there. It didn't work. Didn't work, and that's okay, but you tried. <laughs> you tried so hard. Yes. Next time just cast John Krasinski. And next time just go just go with the obvious pick. Yeah, let's just let's not beat around the bush here. Anyway, Arthur walks into this event and instead of it being an embarrassing eleven people who who would show up for me, it was literally an auditorium filled with people giving Roaring accolades. For him. Yeah. yeah. So it was a very like fulfilling moment because I think he finally got like, you know, probably much deserved praise because he finally felt I think I think it gave him some validation about himself. Yeah. It's different maybe when you're a writer. I don't know. But like when you're an actress, you're on the main screen, you mm. know, like I feel like it's probably a different feeling being an actress and in the limelight. It's your face that you're known for. But, you know, you can hide behind. Yeah the screen and being being the writer and the producer and all that stuff so i feel like that's pretty cool to finally have like a yeah this is about you not the yeah. people who you wrote you yeah know, that played who you wrote you know so yeah. it's um it's one of those things that it's, it's what i've always loved about movies and like television is that i always use the comparison that it's like a clock it's like you got all these different parts and like the person who is rolling the camera to the person who is like literally holding a wire on set, like you need all of those people to make it function. Everything is important. Sure, you can like blame a bad movie and say, oh, well, the writing's really bad. Oh, well, the direction's really bad. Oh, that camera was so fucking terrible. And that is true in some ways, but like you need all of it to be good to make a fantastic movie. So yeah. like I think writers specifically tend to be, I wouldn't say a thankless job because I think the people that actually like me who appreciate writing, like right. that's why I honestly, that's why I watch a lot of stuff with subtitles because I would rather read, like I want to actually absorb the writing of- the- Versus the delivery. Yeah. I do think writing is one of those jobs that people kind of forget about because it's just like, it's language. It's how we speak. So, yes. you know, unless it's like one of those lines that somebody says something that you're like, oh, yeah. Yeah. It's like one of those things that you just forget. Somebody spent time to do that. And that's what he was. He was a screenwriter and wrote phenomenal movies and won many accolades for that. And yeah. so it's hard to remember that, hey, you know, things that you created and that you wrote impacted people. It changed people's lives. 
it's hard to like remember that when oh you're oh my god yeah like yeah. i've had movies that changed my life have you why do you think i went to this career oh literally all the movies that ooh, i've watched ooh, ooh, ooh. okay okay Ooh, i have a question <laughs> any questions mm. i don't see any hands <laughs> me me little jimmy in the back no you didn't raise your okay um moving on oh yes annabella sorry i didn't see you there <laughs> literally all of my teachers my whole life um no i'm just kidding was there a movie in your life that you watched and you were like turning point i want to be in the film industry i mean it was more so like a collection of movies for me because it was when i was in high school i took a a class it was an elective it was called art of film and so it was one of my favorite teachers to this day uh one of my favorite english teachers and basically we watched a bunch of classics and she would go through and talk about like the importance of like symbolism and like she did it in a very natural way that was very like characteristic to who she was where she would literally pause the movie and be like wow that's crazy that could be a symbol or something and then like play it and so like she had an amazing sense of humor it has i don't know why i said had but she has an amazing sense of humor and so I started like looking at movies with that kind of a lens and like once you realize how much work and thought goes into something like that and how you can watch a movie and be like, wow, that was a really great story about boy meets girl, they fall in love, live happily ever after, right? But when you look at it and it's like, ooh, but like what's that necklace that she's always wearing? Is that a symbol about the way that, you know, we have to let go of our past in order to accept a future? There's certain things like that where it's like, she connected dots. Yeah, through. where it's yeah, like, yeah. wow, this is more than just like a movie. Like you actually are talking about real core things that resonate with us and our human experience. Experience. Yeah. I think that made me fall in love with writing and it made me fall in love with like the whole creative process of like, okay, this is not just telling like a cool bedtime story. It's, we live our lives through stories. Yes. That's actually really cool. I didn't yeah. know that and I'm so happy I asked. Yeah. Yeah. That's my little spiel. Well, moral of the story, Arthur, A Night Out with Arthur was a hit. Sensational hit. It was sensation. And that basically kind of closes the storyline for Iris, the old man Arthur, and Iris, and uh, Jack Black's character, Miles. Miles. And so the only thing we're left here to resolve is the Amanda character and Graham and his two beautiful little daughters now. And so we flash back to London now, and she's like, boy, is this fucking sticky. And it's like the night before she's leaving. Yeah. She's like, what do we do? Yeah. And she spends the night with him and she's giving him all these scenarios. And he's like, well, you can fly back. And then, blah, blah, blah. and it's this like chaos. And he's just like, I'm in love with you. Yeah. And guess what? What? That bitch doesn't fucking say it back. Don't get me started. I'm sorry. If say what you will. But if Jude Law says he's emotional, has two beautiful daughters, has opened his home to you. I would lick him from his nose to his toes, <laughs> dude. I'd be like, all up in that. I'd be like, you love me? Fantastic. Where do I sign? Sign me up. He wouldn't even be able to finish the that bitch down. He'd be like, I love me. And I'd be like, me? great. Done. I will quit my career today. <laughs> I will fl- I will live with you and your cow in the yeah. backyard. Oh, yeah. He has a cow. Like, oh, my God. There Literally are no other things that can man. make this man more perfect except for maybe a new pair of glasses. But otherwise, I know the glasses were learned. I feel like he kind of worked it, though. You didn't like it. I thought it was kind of funny. <laughs> I was like, like, okay. You could tell it was supposed to be a big moment in the movie too when he puts them on. Yeah. They build it and and then you're like, he puts them on and you're like, oh, those are like grandma glasses. Oh, you missed the mark. Yeah. And he's like, okay, can we just like forget that ever happened? And you can tell he's like kind of getting emotional, which is like, that's, I'm obviously he's really handsome, but I'm just saying like Jude Law for me, like home run. Like I loved his character in this movie so much because it just felt like it was really him. You kind of get this vibe. You're like, oh, are you just like a flirt? Are you kind of like a player? And it's like, you can't tell. You you really can't can't tell. tell. But he's really just a complex person who like is really emotional and is trying to guard his heart so that he doesn't get hurt because he just lost somebody very recently that he loved. And it's like, 
He's trying really hard to protect himself, to protect his children. You actually get to see these like moments of like emotion, which you don't really see in men very often. And so it's like when you see it and it's like, oh my God, how could you not fall in love with this man? Literally. How could you not say I love you too? You dumb bitch. Sorry. No, you dumb bitch. You dumb bitch. correct. Oh. So so she doesn't say anything. Instead, she just like makes love with him. And like for me, I'm sorry. I need the validation of the words. I was gonna say, I mean, that's technically one way of saying I love you too. But yeah, whatever. Not nah, quite the words. That's not for me. I need I need the words. Actually, what is? Did, did we figure out what your love language is? I know we did the Enneagram. Did we do love languages yeah. too? Yeah, my my love language is words of affirmation and acts of service. I don't want you to fucking tell me, like, hey, you're the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in your, my life. I'm like, I don't care about that. I need you to tell me I'm doing a good job. I and saying, you hey, you're doing a really great job, Annabella. And I noticed you're really stressed. So I took the trash out and did the dishes for you. I just came. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you understand that that is my love. Like, I know I you home, well enough to know. Yes. As your best friend who has lived with you for many years. I understand. That's my how you least are. love language, like my anti-love language is physical touch. That is so funny because I used to not be that way. But it's weird because I, I sh- have realized that like the love language that I project versus what I like to receive are totally different. Yep. So for me, like I love like I'm physical touch. Like if I'm in a conversation with you and like, let's say we're having an emotional conversation and I'm like, oh my God, like I just feel like I, yes. I have to touch you to be like, I love you and I'm here. <laughs> I'm an emotional slut. Yeah, true. You smack the shit out of me whenever we watch movies. You're like, oh my god. Well, I think that's from my mother. My mother used to just be like, Anna, it just hit me. I, I think it's from my mom. Yeah. Sidebar. I will never forget. I don't know what the fuck we were doing. We were in college. I think we were watching like American Horror Story or something, <laughs> and we're sitting on the bed, we're watching the show, and I had my glasses on. And, <laughs> and you literally something happened, and you were like, oh my god. And you like swiped your hand and literally knocked my glasses off my face and sent it flying across the room. I'm so sorry. Oh, it's, I'm Ooh. laughing now. Ooh. I think I'm probably words of affirmation too. Just tell me I'm doing okay. Just tell me I'm doing okay. That's all I need to know. And then just like help me, but in the space that I want to be helped in. That's what's difficult for me is I can't accept help outside the space that I want the help in. Like if I'm sitting there like doing dishes, you won't I, ask for help either. Like yeah. I'm not gonna ask you for the help, yeah. but like hop in with me, yeah. Like dry and put it away while I'm wa- like that's the type of help I want. Yeah, I don't want to just have to tell you. Yeah. Then I don't. I'm good. I don't want it. I feel like that's a, a common problem with like men and women is that like females are mentally we hold so much stock and like I think we've had this conversation before where like yeah. either you've asked John or something or you asked like literally any guy so what are you thinking about right now they're like nothing and it's like how are you not thinking about anything i'm thinking i am constantly seven thousand things absolutely my mind is a hamster on a wheel Mm -hmm. and is never going to stop running until he goes to have a little snack and then comes back on i have 14 tabs open i have one tab on this and then there's like three of which other two of which have like sound coming and you don't know which tab it's coming from And then one that's paused because I know that there's something I'm missing. I'm forgetting something. And so it's just loading. That's what's happening. Dear God. Yeah. So I think that's like a common thing too. But anyways, long story short, circling back, it was very refreshing to see Graham and Jude Law play this character that was emotionally pretty intelligent and was openly emotional and- And making himself emotionally available. Yeah. Yeah. Now that's romantic. Uh-huh. Emotion availability. 
pretty much basically what happens is the night before he confesses that he loves her and then she's like well i gotta leave bye and so she leaves and then she has this like stereotypical like this is such a 2000s move we saw oh. it in like practical magic yes um which that was 1990s yeah but, but still you know what i mean the genres were yeah the, where the, the, t- the styles were the same yeah we were like turn the car around and you have to like get out and you're running and you're like, oh my she God. She literally ran like a mile and a half. In heels. Which in all... stiletto heels. Cameron Diaz, you did not do that. Like, you did not do that. There was yeah, no yeah, fucking yeah. way that no, you, you yeah. would do that. Anyway, she runs back to the cottage. She opens the door and she's like, Graham, Graham, where are you? And she's like calling. And he comes out from behind the room and he could tell he was just bawling his eyes out. Oh, he had physical tears. Like literally he was just crying his eyes yeah. out. And then you're like, I love this man. Why would you I do just, this to him? Yeah. Like I wanted to fucking beat Cameron Diaz's character with a bat. You fucking bitch. Ugh, sorry. Anyway, but, but we did see some character development. Yes. Cause she was like, I figured you said you love me and I know we're not dating. Um, but you basically said you love me. Right. So that's pretty serious. So like, why would I leave now and not leave until New Year's? Yes. Which I, I'll be honest. I don't know what that fucking logic is. I would just be like, you said you love me. Why would I not just drop my whole life for you? <laughs> Why aren't we married? Yeah, I don't swear the ring. I'm so confused. <laughs> Low, actually, though. You said you love me, so what? We're what, done here. What are we doing? It's good? We're good? I'm good. Okay. Do I move in? Just don't. Just get rid of the glasses, and I will be down the, the wedding aisle in five seconds. Five seconds. Give me, give me five seconds to get dressed. But the character development we did see was as she's driving away. She fucking oh. cries. She finally cried. She cries. She sobs. And I think it was like a, a moment where you can tell she was finally healed enough to yeah. let her emotions shine through again. This movie left us on a lot of cliffhangers, which we'll get yeah. to in a sec. But I think this was the only little teensy bit of like, hey, there's an, she, like, we're good here. Yeah. We that was really it, it. So she yeah. cries in the car. And she's so, she's literally celebrating that she's crying. And then that was the reason why she was like, turn the car turn around. Turn this car around. Yeah. And so... The last scene of the whole fucking movie is New them Year's. celebrating New Year's, right? And it's all of the characters together, and they're just like ringing in the New Year, happy as can be, yep. dancing, singing, and you're just like, wow, that's so picturesque, like it's perfect. You put the cookie cutter red ribbon bow on top and called it a day, and that was it. And that was the end of the movie, and yep. we were just like, wow, that left a lot of open, like open endings. Like, did they work out? You want to say yes in your head? Did Kate Winslet's character Iris work out with Miles Jack Black? I, hope I mean, not. probably. Oh. <laughs> But I mean, for him, you know, like, it's just like one yeah. of those things where you got to put it to bed yourself. Yeah. And, you know, they left it on a higher note. So it leads you to believe. Yeah, it did. Happy ending. Happy ending. I looked up one item of symbolism that I found. Should we say it at the same time? What did you Google? Ready? One, two, three. Wind. Iris. Oh. <gasps> Smart. You go first. So every single time Kate Winslet's character and Jack Black meet, it is always incredibly windy. Yeah. Every time. And it's like noticeably windy where it's like, is there a fucking hurricane? Like, why is it so windy in LA right now? And I looked it up because I was like, okay, it happened three times. So the power of three. So it's significant. Yeah. And wind is a powerful symbol of freedom and liberation, (gasps) allowing us to make decisions without fear. Dakota. Oh my God. So yeah, I think that also is just symbolism of Iris's character gradually moving in a direction where she feels like she can be free and liberate herself from this dumb man who doesn't (gasps) recognize her. Oh my god! And the f- the wind only ever happened when she was in the front stoop of the house with Jack Black. So maybe he was like that f- freedom. Oh my god! And that's why I fell in love with cinema. Anyways, go ahead. Well, mine's not that cool. No, what, what does Iris mean? Iris means rainbow. Oh, and, and it's New beginnings. A- right. I I'm giving this a four out of five. Same. I liked this Fantastic. a lot. I think it has a lot of good messaging behind it. It's just like there's a lot of random plot holes that we kind of talked about yes. with like 
the caller ID thing with the kids calling. It's like, they're five. They don't have a fucking yeah, phone. And also it's 2006. So like yeah. definitely didn't happen. The ending is kind of like up to the interpreter, which is a little strange, which I don't normally have a problem with this. I know you have always been like, give I me mean, a little extra. I need validation. Yeah. And like, I felt that way too. I was like, I mean, I know they're happy, but logistically that really fucking work out. Like, like does, like, does it work out? Yeah. Though? Cause there's too much logistical error. Yeah. Here. Like, and it was just stuff like that, that I, there was a couple other ones that I'm blanking on right now, but I know that there was a couple other parts where I was just like, oh, a little weird. So yes, you, you were also four to five. I'm also four to five. Fantastic. Same exact justification. I think what really would have sealed it for me is even if there was like a moment at New Year's, like they just, it's the last scene, right? And it just like, is Amanda saying, I love you to Graham and yeah. New Year's. Like that would have just done it for Why me. Why did she ever say it back? It, it bothered me because it's just like, you couldn't have been dealt a more perfect silver platter of a person. Fine. I get it. He's got baggage of two children, but like. When she cried in a car and was like, go back. I was like, I she's thought, healing her inner child yes. because sometimes it's hard to accept and like tell people things that like are deep and complex. Yeah. And it's hard for some people when you grow up a certain way to even say, I love you. Like if you, if true. you grew up this never hearing that, like if your parents weren't affectionate, it's strange. It's, it's abstract for you to like hear, vocalize that. that. So it's yeah. like, I felt like at that point, I'm like, okay, cool. Like we've reached this point in her arc as a character where she kind of healed that inner child a little bit and yeah. it's like kind of ready to move on and be open to new opportunities. And so I thought when she was going to run back, it was going to be, like, was gonna be like, yeah. I just realized I love you and I don't want to leave you. I would have been like, yes. Yeah, same. She never said she it. She never did. She never did. And that, so for me, that the reason why it bothers me is because to the point you just made, it makes me feel like she's not done healing. And like healing like, is a progress sure. and a journey, right? It's, but yeah, it felt like it kind of made it even weirder when it ended because you're like, well, did it work out? Because uh, you never you said, never said I love you. Right. Like I'm, I'm confused. Yeah. Anyway, I do have a question. Like, what do you think that the moral of this story is? What are you taking away from this movie? You can't love others until you love yourself. Mm. Because Iris did not love herself. And she struggled for three whole years not loving herself and not ever being loved back. And I think it applies to Cameron Diaz's character, Amanda, and the Graham situation in that she never allowed herself to love. Mm. in the proper aspects because she was burned being like loving yeah. you know so that it was kind of that same like i can't give to you because it's never been given back to me yeah same thing how about you um similar i i think it's it speaks a lot of every character's volume in self-respect and confidence that you have in yourself not in the way that we like typically think of confidence where it's like you walk it down the street with your head held high it's confidence and knowing that like the choices that you've made are your choices and you have the power to change the things that you don't like. Yes. Um, and recognizing when you're being taken advantage of. Totally. And like that even goes for like Arthur's character. Like he didn't have like the self-confidence to think that he was worthy of being praised for his work that he's yeah. done. It's hard to recognize that until you have good people in your life to show you that you can do that and it's worth it. And so yes. I, I think it's also like when good people come into your life, they show you how you should be treated and, and help you realize better things about yourself. And I think it's ironic that this is like kind of a Christmas movie. It just takes place around Christmas. But while you were talking though, it kind of reminded me of like, it's supposed to be the season of giving, right? Yeah. And so there is a lot of give and take in this movie. It's about giving, you know, your love to people and like Iris's character, she gives way too much of her fucking self to people. All of it. All of it to the point where it's just taken advantage of. Mm -hmm. And then you have, 
Amanda, who doesn't give anything. She's completely guarded and she's protecting yes. herself. And so it's like, and not that she's really taking, she just doesn't give doesn't anything. Give anything yeah. And so it, it's also, I think, in a grander way, talking about the theme of giving and not materialistic things in the yes. sense of like your heart and your emotions right. and how you need to find that balance. balance. Keyword. Got to find that balance between the two. I love that. So sometimes I think about, we all experience this life differently. Everyone's human experience is different. Everyone's human interactions are different. So for me, feeling love in a type of way can feel like one thing. And feeling love in, in for you can feel like a totally different type of way. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but it was when the character of Amanda looks at Graham and you can so clearly see that this is supposed to be a love at first sight moment. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, how do you describe that internally? And then like when you are literally feeling and falling in love with that person like it just got I I don't know I went on like a little bit of a rabbit hole in my head while watching it the question I wrote down was if you could put love into words how would you describe how it feels for you on pure gut instinct without overthinking it comfort it's comfort in the sense of like Mm -hmm. you feel at peace and it's comfort in being yourself it's comfort in talking about things that are uncomfortable Like feeling like you have a space to do that. And I think what you just said hits almost a nail on the head because Iris feels comfort with the old ex lover of Jasper, the guy who's consistently manipulative and all the things, but it's what she knows is what she's comfortable with. Mm -hmm. So she thinks that she loves him. Yeah. Versus Cameron Diaz, her comfort is the aloneness. Yeah. Is the the solitude is the whatever. So she's almost unable i feel like maybe that's why she's not able to say i love you back because she hasn't never been able to process those feelings of oh my god i think i'm in love yeah okay now on a physical level is there any way that you feel like you can describe how love feels it's more mental it's so funny i just had this conversation with somebody the other day we're talking about the way that some people view like marriage and you talk to some people who have been burned in the past and say getting married was the worst thing i ever did like whatever good luck just wait till you get married like people have literally said that to alec before where it's like like things are great now right just wait till you get fucking married just wait till you get fucking married and then you talk to other people who are in healthy relationships and it's like oh my god you're getting married that's amazing congratulations yes yes and because a lot of people lack the ability to self-reflect it's because they're in a relationship and they want to point the finger because that's easy And it's easy to say, well, that person fucking burned me. That person was a piece of shit, like whatever. And it's hard to be like, okay, that was a terrible relationship. Maybe we weren't meant to be together forever. How can I do better next time? How can Mm -hmm. I be a better person? So we were talking about that and it got onto the topic of like, when you meet the right person, there is a part of you that I think just knows. Like it's not like a love at first sight. Like you get struck by Cupid. It's just that element of comfort, but it's like, you're going to have problems, right? You're going to have arguments, but it's like, you don't feel like you have to justify yourself to prove that you are worthy of being loved. Right. Yeah. And Alec and I have both talked about how the the relationships that we had been in prior to even meeting and even knowing of each other, we had to do a lot of work independently on ourselves to be like, Oof, I got some stuff I got to work out. And then once we did that, it led us to each other. And we were actually like emotionally mature enough to handle that level of a healthy relationship. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I think it's just when you are in love and you feel that, like physically, I don't know, it just feels like 
like it's like a, a state of being like you just it just is you know mm-hmm. so like for me it's hard for me to tie it to something physical it's more of just like spiritual mental I don't know if that makes sense but mm-hmm. I totally agree with that I think the only aspect of physicalness it feels for me is like there are moments in the day where I can look at John and there's just something I like it's like I have out of body experience yeah. a little bit yeah it feels like just like my soul and it just feels like there's these moments in time where it's like zing and it feels like this weirdness that it's like I can look at him and I'm just like, oh, this is right. Yeah. Oh, this is where I'm meant to be. Yeah. Yeah. And it's yeah. and like I feel for people who don't who have that image of like marriage or like long term relationships where they're yeah. like, oh, God, that's terrible because th- I would hate to feel that way and like feel like the world yeah. and everybody in it is against you. But I'm telling you, like, it's just when you know, you know, I think that marriage is scary for some people because I find I think that marriage removes the foot out the door in relationships and then, i think yeah. when people are are marrying and things like that legally I f- binding yeah right i think i think it comes from an aspect of possession versus an aspect of what we just spoke about yeah like that feeling of being and wholeness and all that stuff it's interesting because this movie also talks about falling out of love yeah and the ability to fall out of love. Yeah. So I, I disagree kind of with the statement that like, oh, I fell out of love with him. You were never in love then. Because in my opinion, there's two types of love. Conditional versus unconditional. Mm. Now, Jas- conditional Jasper love. Jasper was conditional. 100%. Versus Graham is that unconditional. I met you. I don't give a fuck what leaps and bounds I got to make. Versus Jasper was transactional when the trans you know when the right. situation is right and benefits me that's when i want you right 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 and so for me like i when i hear that like oh we just you know we fell out of love you weren't in love you weren't you thought you felt love for somebody because yeah. it's a familiar feeling of yeah. comfort like you just said and familiar feeling of like oh you make me feel safe in this moment but not safe for my eternity there's a different i feel like aspect and so people i think end up marrying for the wrong reasons because they think that they love somebody yeah i mean i'll be the first one to say like in my past relationships like there's been times like i've been in a relationship where i i wanted it so badly to be love because i was in a very serious relationship when i was really young and so like I constantly was was searching for that. And I, for a while, thought that I was never going to find that kind of love again, which is yep. true in some sense, because like when you're that well, young, loves are different because it's a whole new emotion you're that you're literally bringing to life. that, right? Again, in that way. So I was just so desperate for just trying to find something that was like, oh my God, yeah, this is love. It's checking all the boxes. Yes. It's so funny looking back on it now because like I'm so grateful and blessed to be in the relationship that I'm in now. If I could tell my little past self, like, girl, don't you worry because- I know you feel like you're not going to be loved like that again. It's going to be even better when you're older. When you take the time to work on yourself and try to be the best version of yourself, you're going to attract the right people, not even just romantically, but like the right people in your life. Like I have the ability to look back now and be like, yeah, that wasn't love. I still cared for that person. Totally. Never wish anything bad upon them. But like you look back and you're like, I just really wanted it to be something that it wasn't. Right. And I should have just accepted it for what it was and moved on. Relationships are hard because when they don't work out that's an aspect of failure you have to accept and a a whole other well it's that same thing that we were just discussing where it's like it's so much easier to exit a relationship saying well that person was crazy i'm i'm better off and in some situations that's true but even if like alec uses uses this analogy all the time he's like even if it's 99 percent that person's fault one percent is still you you still have the ability to be like okay i chose to be in a relationship with somebody who treated me like this 
hundred percent. You know what I mean? Like you have, there's accountability on both yeah. sides, even if it's way more like weighted on the other side versus you. Right, right, right. So yeah, it's hard. I was in a 95, probably. 99 fiber. girl. I was the five. My five was, listen, lady, I stuck it out. Why the fuck did I stick it out? And you grew and you learned from that. Mm -hmm. And that's what you have to do. When you leave a relationship, you're like, okay, cool. I feel like I just wasted all this time. That's hard. You can't beat yourself up on that. But totally. it's it's hard to accept that failure because you're yeah. right. It kind of is a failure. But you, right. as time progresses, you learn and you grow from it as yeah. you should. And take accountability for what you can, not just taking the whole blame. That's definitely something I've learned like just growing the last couple of years. I think I've done the most growing, I think, from 20 to probably 25. Yeah, I can vouch when for I that. When I hit 25, that was a breaking point for me because 20 to 25, I did a lot of living and 24 to 26, I did a lot of processing. Post that, I feel like I came out finally accepting the fact that life is a learning experience mm -hmm. and that no matter what happens, if I, you know, get hurt tomorrow by somebody in my life, it's a learning experience and that it doesn't matter. Yeah. Because everything has a more grand plan. So yeah. Wow. We went on a little bit of a DNA tangent. I feel like we haven't done this since like our earlier episodes. But I love movies like this where it's like, I know I feel like we always shit on like romance and stuff. And like- I don't shit on romance. Fucking shit. I love romance. I mean like- like like the whole like sexual aspect but there was sex in this movie oh, and it made but it sense. was beautiful and it made I, sense I felt in love in the moment i would see jude log in 100 percent. pause it on screen let yep. me absorb it for a minute big cookies on it yeah on okay <laughs> all i'm saying is that when as our fiancés are upstairs yeah. <laughs> we're like you kids go play while while the women work <laughs> i i think this is what i love about stories is that I just feel like it tells the story of love in a very authentic way, in a way that is relatable, that starts a bigger conversation. And I just... Um, totally. I think this was a good, actually, holiday movie, but it's not your typical Christmas movie. No. I loved it. Was, it. it was nice because it was just centered around the holiday. But yes, I loved it. Cool. 10 yeah. out of 10 would watch again. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad... Uh, I, this might be like on a rotation list, like where it's like, you know what? I'm going to put on the holiday. Put the yeah. Like a little comfort movie yeah. during the holiday season. Well, coming down the pipeline... We might be having another two first, so stay tuned for that. If you guys have any ideas, we do have a couple lists. I mean, we've done like movies and series, so I feel like we kind of have to do a book, yeah, but it's got to be a little quick. Yeah, does anybody have like a cute Christmas novel? We'll throw some options out for yeah. you guys. Yeah, and if you guys have any ideas, yes. let us know in the meantime, but maybe we'll throw up a fun poll or something and be yeah. like, we're thinking about this. What if you do? Me, me, me. Yeah, yeah, we're feeling the Christmas spirit. We hope you are too. Yeah, I'm feeling very festive. I'm living my best life. Yes, you are. <laughs> Love to see it. Love to see it. Anyway, thank you guys for listening. Until next time. Bye, guys. Thanks for tuning in. We hope today's episode makes you feel a little more connected to your true self. Don't forget to follow the DNA podcast on Instagram so you never miss another episode. Until next time. Bye.